heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hello and welcome to a July 27th Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, and I was the Blazers beat writer for the last three seasons at the Vancouver Columbian. We are going to continue producing daily podcasts through the week, and by daily I mean at least five days a week, and however, we are going to start paring down our podcast next week to two times per week. There's just not a whole lot going on. The Blazers are, they just finished re-signing all their free agents. They signed Mo Harkless yesterday, and there's really not a whole lot going on in Blazer world. So we're going to start taking our podcast down, doing them on Mondays and Thursdays, and we will have them for you twice a week starting next week. And so just keep in mind that you can still get the podcast on iTunes, on Audio Boom, and download the Audio Boom app if you if you want to do that. It's a great app. Or you could get the RSS feed if you're an Android user. So just a little reminder, programming note for those of you who listen to the podcast that after August 1st, we're going to start doing this podcast two times a week just because, as you know, there's not a whole lot going on. Football is going to start taking over. It's going to be football season, and uh, there's just whole, not a whole lot of NBA news. Obviously, if something happens, we will let you know. And we will have some some programming, some podcasts. But after this week, starting next week, August 1st, we're going to do podcasts twice a week instead of the five times a week that we have been doing them for you here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's been a big week, big week here on Locked On Blazers in terms of Blazer news. On Monday, it was reported that CJ McCollum agreed to a four-year max extension worth $106 million that will keep him under contract through the 2020-21 season, which is the same time that Damian Lillard is scheduled to become a free agent. And then yesterday, after I wrapped up a podcast with my Blazers Edge colleague, David McKay, talking about Summer League and a bunch of stuff, the Vertical reported that Maurice Harkless agreed to a four-year, $40 million-plus deal. So we did two podcasts yesterday, both of them with David, because after we talked about the C.J. McCollum extension, a little Evan Turner, we got David's thoughts from Summer League, he was down in Vegas watching the Blazers very closely and giving us a little update on the Blazers' prospects that were down there and how they performed. The Harkless news happened. David was there, decided to talk out the Harkless signing with David. And just to reiterate again some of the points that we brought up, the Blazers are very deep now. I mean, they're, they're going 10-11 deep. They've got a bunch of guys that you could say you got two guys really that are three, four combos in Harkless and Aminu and potentially Jake Lehman one day who is about six, eight and can move really well. And then you add to that, the fact that they signed Evan Turner and they gave Alan Crabb a big raise. Thanks to the Brooklyn Nets. They're committing 140 plus, And those two guys both play the same position that Harkless started at from the last 11 regular season games and all throughout the playoffs. And although that they have way more money committed to those two guys, I think there's still a great chance that Harkless 
remains the starter, just given the success that the Blazers had with him in the starting lineup, especially in the regular season. And Evan Turner, I think, really brings a lot to the table in terms of, at least in terms of ball handling. And I think he'll definitely help when one of either Dame or CJ are out of the game. But, you know, if you start Harkless, you really still have that offensive rebounding. You still have that cutter. You still have a guy that can really, he just fills in a lot of spots and 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 helps fill in some some gaps where, especially when the Blazers have Lillard and McCollum on the floor. I mean, he's 6'9", he can guard one through four, and he still has a lot of defensive potential that he really hasn't unlocked yet. And so I think there's a great chance that they go back to that look to start the season with Mason Plumlee in its center. That lineup was really good. They outscored opponents by 14 points per 100 possessions. It was their second most used lineup the entire season. So I definitely think there's a great chance, even though Harkless is getting paid considerably less than both Crab and Turner, that he's actually the starter. And again, it's it's not necessarily the most important who starts the game, but who finishes it. And I think there'll be a lot of times that Harkless doesn't finish the game and either Crab is in there, which he did most of the year, or even Turner potentially. So uh, I think we're going to see, we're obviously going to see Aminu at power forward for the foreseeable future. And that look with, with he and Harkless really give the Blazers a little bit of a leg up defensively and make up for a little bit of the size deficit that they have with Lillard and McCollum. But you should definitely listen to all of those podcasts, uh, including the CJ McCollum one that we did Monday. We did two yesterday, once again with David McKay of Blazers Edge. But today I want to discuss some projections and some some cool stats that we have provided to us to the Locked On Podcast Network, courtesy of David Locke, who is the host of Locked On Jazz, the host of Locked On NBA the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz and the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. He's a major, major stat head. He always comes up with his own stats. He's always coming up with with really unique things. And we're going to talk about his pack ratings for each team in the West in addition to the ESPN Summer Forecast, which was released this week where and where the Blazers fall in both of those and we're just two months away from training camp as we said it's kind of a dead time from here till then but we're going we're, we're, we're in projection season right now this is when we start to get there I mean it's all it's been just over a month from the finals we're just about two months away from the start of training camp so the projections and things are starting to come out and we also have this great exclusive data from David Locke that we're going to get to. And that's the first thing that we're going to do is get into the pack stats that David has provided to us. And you should also check out Locked On NBA, where he had Rob Mahoney on this week. But pack means points above average created, which basically is the points a player scores over that of the league average on scoring opportunities. So this doesn't include when a guy has the ball and he turns it over. We're just talking about when a guy gets an opportunity to score and how much better that player is than the average player that gets those scoring opportunities. And the Blazers actually don't come out very well in this stat. According to Locks Pack stats, the Blazers are the ninth best team in the Western Conference in terms of pack. Portland's best players in terms of that stat individually are Damian Lillard and Ed Davis, both with a pack of 
0.8 and Alan Crabb is behind them at 0.6. Again, this just means the points above average created by these guys, meaning the league average. So uh, it's just how much better they are than you know your your average player. And so the the Blazers are ninth in this formula, and it, it, it's kind of more of a shooting statistic, a, a shot making statistic, and the the fact that they don't rank that high in this statistic isn't actually that surprising to me because although they had a really good offense last year, they had a lot of success due to their success with offensive rebounding. They were third in the league in offensive rebounding and they really shot the three well and they didn't get to the foul line very often. So the, the, this, this stat kind of tells us, you know, where they stand in terms of just, you know, pure shot making, of course, in this statistic with the West projections that we have provided to us by David Locke, the Golden State Warriors blow everybody out of the water with a pack of 16. The Blazers are ninth with a pack of 3.6. The Warriors are followed by, there's a huge gap between the Warriors and everybody else in terms of this stat. And they are followed by the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Spurs. And there's actually a lot of non-playoff teams that are ahead of the Blazers in this statistic that David provided to us. That includes Minnesota, Utah, who I think we all think are going to be a playoff team this year because of how they dealt with injuries last year. They just signed a couple of veterans, Boris Diaw, Joe Johnson. I think they'll definitely be a playoff team. But it's interesting to see how much better there's these teams are in terms of this stat than the Blazers are. And again, they were such a good offensive rebounding team. They really didn't get to the foul line much and they chucked up a lot of threes, which really helped them. And they also made threes at the fourth best rate in the league. I think what this stat really tells me though, is just how good of a coach Terry Stotts is, how great of a system they've implemented where, you know, they don't have a lot of players that are, you know, blowing you out of the water in terms of, of the pack stat. And I think it's it's interesting to note that. And I think it also kind of confirms the notion that the Blazers overachieved a little bit last year and that they're able to make the most out of what they have. And that's something that the Blazers did last year. They kind of embraced the things that everybody's good at on their team, whether it's offensive rebounding with Ed Davis or Mason Plumlee and his playmaking or Maurice Harkless with his offensive rebounding and cutting. They they embrace those things. And I think it, it, it's really interesting that, you know, the Blazers are, are ranked ninth out of the teams in the West currently that was uh, using the top 10 players on each team. And of course the Blazers are also uh, much deeper than that now. So uh, it's really interesting to see that stat. So thanks to David again for providing those pack numbers. Again, as I mentioned, you can listen to David on locked on NBA where he had sports illustrated as Rob Mahoney this week. We have locked on bulls, locked on heat, locked on thunder. We just added locked on pistons and the network is also expanding to the NFL. We already have locked on saints, Raiders and Buccaneers. So if you're an NFL fan, there's going to be some locked on channels coming for you. If you're a fan of the Saints, Raiders or Buccaneers, those channels already exist. So definitely keep on listening to all of the locked on podcasts, including locked on Blazers, which we will have for you through the end of the week and a couple of times a week starting August 1st. But after that plug, let's get to the ESPN summer forecast projections, which are more optimistic than the pack statistics that David gave us. These are projections from ESPN summer forecast. Once again, it is a 
aggregate ranking that comes from a panel of ESPN experts. And the Blazers are projected by this panel of ESPN experts to finish fourth in the West next year with 46 wins. And of course, the Warriors are first again, which you're going to have to get used to hearing it because the Warriors are going to destroy everybody. ESPN is actually already projecting them to win 67 games, which is, I mean, they won 67 two years ago. They won 73 last year. There's no reason to believe that they're going to fall back. I know that they've got some questions on the interior, replacing Andrew Bogut with Zaza Pachulia, basically. But we just talked about that pack stat and how insane, how insanely better they are at making shots compared to everybody else. That is going to win them so many games. They're going to shoot from all over the court, and they're going to destroy people. And so uh, the fact that they are first in that statistic is not that much of a surprise. I thought it was a little surprising how much better they were than everybody else and how big of a gap there was. But according to ESPN, there's also a big gap between them and the rest of the West. They are projected for 67 wins, and the Spurs are second at 57 wins, and the Clippers are at 52 in third place. Again, ESPN has the Blazers projected to finish fourth in the West, just ahead of the Jazz and Thunder. The Blazers are projected to have one more win, according to the ESPN forecast, than the Utah Jazz. The projections were released just before the Harkless signing, and I'm sure they were in you know, a filing system and already ready to go long before that, so his name isn't included in the write-ups about the Blazers, but... I've said this a couple of times that I really do think they have a chance to get a top three seed and avoid the Warriors in the second round, which is what they ran up against this year in the playoffs when they got the fifth seed and they beat the Clippers. Something could go haywire with the Spurs or the Clippers. You know, we don't, the Clippers have actually done a really good job in years past of playing with one of their key players out, whether it's Blake Griffin for an extended period or whether it's Chris Paul for an extended period. If they're without both of them, then that's where things get hairy. But they have actually done a very good job of being a top team in the West, even when having their star players out for an extended period of time. But the Spurs is an interesting one because I think a lot of analysts can agree that Tony Parker is kind of in decline. And then they just got uh, Deontay Murray from Washington, but he's a rookie. We don't know how he's going to fit. And we just don't know how that team is going to gel, how that team is going to perform without the leadership of Tim Duncan there. And if they don't have him, who is one of the best defensive players in the league still, even in his late 30s, they are not going to have that attitude, that that tone setter there. So I think although the Spurs system is something that you can trust in, we also really don't know how it's going to perform without Tim Duncan. We don't know how how the team is going to react without that presence there. And I think that as much credit as Popovich gets for the Spurs system, I think that Duncan, and Popovich has even said this, that Duncan deserves a ton of credit. And I think that the Blazers and the Jazz basically both have an equal chance to get into a top three seed if things go haywire. I think the Jazz are are primed to be a solid team this year. And then I think Portland 
they brought back their entire team, basically. They replaced Gerald Henderson with Evan Turner, and they added a rim protector in Festus Azili, who basically replaced Chris Kamen. So you have a bunch of guys on this team that can all play, and over an 82-game season, even if they get some injuries, they've got a lot of guys that can fill these holes for a season. And so I think that they are they're more prepared than a lot of teams to absorb some potential injuries, which... You know, other they had the Damian Lillard injury, they had the Myers Leonard injury, but they really didn't have that many major injuries to a bunch of guys in their rotation. Everyone was pretty much healthy for most of the year. They missed Gerald Henderson for a couple weeks of the regular season to start the year, but the year before they dealt with Robin Lopez out for a month. Uh, Batum was in and out of the lineup to start the year. Uh, CJ McCollum missed a month. They they had a lot of injuries the year before after being relatively healthy, and I do wonder whether the injury bug is going to get some of the guys that were really, really healthy last year. But I think the depth that they have on this team now is a good way to hedge against that. ESPN also thinks that the Thunder will still be very solid, even though Durant left the Thunder. Russell Westbrook is going to be in a 2016 version of you know, mid two thousands Kobe after Shaq left, it's going to be fun to watch. I think they will win a lot of games. I think they'll, I think they'll still make the playoffs. It's going to be tough, obviously, without Kevin Durant, but they do have a lot of talent. I think that Ibaka trade was a smart one for them. They got more talent, more diverse talent around their team, and talent that can grow in Victor Oladipo and Demontis Sabonis. So. That that's a team to watch, and it's inter- interesting too that you know, I think a lot of analysts in, in, outside of this forecast have thought that the Grizzlies were going to be better than the Blazers, and they're actually seventh in the projections, just ahead of the Houston Rockets. And the Grizzlies got Chandler Parsons, who was Portland's number one target to start free agency, and the Rockets kind of filled out their roster with Ryan Anderson and. Nene, they signed Nene to the room exception, and they obviously uh, believe in James Harden as well, and they they have Mike D'Antoni. That team's going to be running and gunning. They're going to give Clint Capella a lot more time at center, obviously. He's slated to be the starter after Dwight Howard left and went to Atlanta. Both of these teams have been in the playoffs consistently over the past few years. ESPN is actually projecting that the Dallas Mavericks, who have also been pretty much a perennial playoff team outside of the lockout season a couple of years ago, or the, uh, not the lockout season, but the 2012-13 season, that that they're going to miss the playoffs. And the Pelicans as well are also also, proje- also, proje- also projected the PN's projections. So coming back to the Blazers, I think this projection falls in line with what a lot of people have said about this team. They have high expectations. Neil Olshay put a 50-win number on them, and that was during the Evan Turner presser, and ESPN's taking a little bit more of a conservative approach there. I think 46 wins is a fair projection from ESPN, but I do think it is realistic to think that the Blazers could get into the top 50, could get top three seed, and I would love to see how the Blazers perform next season when they don't start the season 11 to 20 because I don't think that's going to happen again. They blew fourth quarter lead after fourth quarter lead. I mean, they they led so many games going into the fourth that they would lose at the start of last season and 
they didn't know how to win because they they hadn't really played together. That team didn't know what it was like to be through the battles together. I know Damian Lillard had experience winning games and being a part of 50-plus win teams, but when you're bringing a bunch of new guys into the fold that don't know what that's like, that don't know how that's how that's going to go and how each player is going to play under pressure, I think that that's something that they don't have to learn anymore. There's no more learning curve with this team. So they had 44 wins last year. ESPN's projecting them to get two more than that. But I really think that they have a shot, a, a real realistic shot to get to 50 plus and compete for a top three seed and 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 battle with the, the Clippers or the Spurs and, and definitely the Jazz as well. I mean, the Jazz have to also, you know, get their sea legs. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They really messed up some big chances that they had to win games against the Clippers down the stretch of the season when the Clippers were playing just Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford down the stretch of the season. And they obviously still need to mature. But they're getting Dante Exum back from an ACL injury. They added Boris Diaw and Joe Johnson. So I, I think they're going to be right there behind the Blazers, Blazers nipping at their heels all season. But I, I really do think that the Blazers, without having that learning curve, that 11-20 and 20 start to the season, blowing fourth quarter leads all the time, I don't think they're going to have that this year. So I think that they really do have a good chance to win 50 games, maybe get a top three seed, have a chance at home court advantage, and if they win in the first round, to avoid playing the Warriors in the second round of the playoffs, which is definitely something that nobody wants. So I think the battle for the third seed is going to be really interesting because I I think the the Clippers will be there in the top two or three, but I think the Spurs are actually a really good candidate too to maybe potentially slip just given the fact that they don't have Duncan there anymore. I, I, I think that does, that will matter, but you know, can't wait until the the season starts to see how that team looks. And when I had ESPN insider Kevin Pelton on last week, he mentioned that this year is probably going to be a much tougher job for Terry Stotts as a coach. And he's right. It honestly could be the toughest job that Stotts has had since he's been here. Because when he first got here, which was when they had Damian Lillard as a rookie, LaMarcus Aldridge, Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum, there was a very clear pecking order as to how the games would go how the team would play and what the rotations would be. And I think it's always a better problem to have too much talent than not enough. And I think he'll do fine. ESPN seems to agree that he will do just fine. But it's it's going to be a, a tougher job to manage. It's going to be a harder balancing act, I think, because the answers aren't so clear. I think in past seasons, the pecking order who's going to play, who's going to start was a lot more clear. But now there's a lot more fuzziness. There's a lot more gray area with, you know, who's going to play the backup three minutes? Who's even going to start? I know I said at the top that I think Harkless is probably going to get that chance just given how that lineup played. But things could change when they get to camp. That They might see something different out of Crab playing with them or with Turner playing with them. And I think that stuff is going to be really interesting to see is is how that plays out, how the pecking order plays out. I, and I think there's going to be a lot of games where, or a lot of stretches of the season, excuse me, where guys are going to play in the fourth quarter. They'll play 25 minutes or something like that. And then the next game, they'll play 
five to ten. I really think that we're going to see that a lot of times throughout the season that the minutes are going to be really fluctuating and if you're if you play fantasy basketball which by the way we just added a locked on fantasy basketball podcast as well with Josh Lloyd but if you're a fantasy basketball player you're probably going to hate all of Portland's rotation players I would probably want to stay away from a lot of them because the the minutes that they're going to be getting are, are going to be very inconsistent and I think that even go, that definitely goes for the big men who all provide something different but there just simply aren't enough minutes to go around for all of them and then you have the wings who are going to fluctuate in minutes as well. I think Aminu is definitely going to be in there, but I think outside of that, you, you're really going to have questions in terms of how big the roles are going to be. I think all those guys are going to play, whether it's Turner, Harkless, Crab, but you know, outside of CJ, Dame, and Aminu, I, I don't think that anybody's role is going to be set for a, a set amount of minutes every night because – it's just going to be crazy with how much depth this team has. And obviously injuries will play a part in that. But as we stated, once again, ESPN forecasts the Blazers to have 46 wins and finish fourth in the West and get home court advantage for the first time since 2009, which I'm sure the Blazers would love and the fans would love to start the playoffs with a home game. Because although they've they've won in the playoffs very recently, they actually haven't had home court advantage in any of those situations. So, uh, that 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 could be fun to see. Have a little little an extra home game, potentially a game seven at home, but uh, that's a long way off. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Blazers podcast. Again, we're producing weekly throughout the week, and then once this week ends, we are going to go to two podcasts per week instead of the five that we have been bringing you. We will pick up the five podcasts per week right around when training camp gets going. But as of right now, just because there's nothing to really talk about, to really address, we're just going to be doing it two times a week. If you want more than that, you can definitely go back into the archives, listen to the podcast where we've had guests like last week, Dan Carbaugh, Kevin Pelton. I had Corbin Smith on from Vice Sports a couple of weeks ago. And there really just isn't a whole lot else going on. So two times per week after this week, they signed all their free agents, basically, all, at least all their restricted free agents. They signed undrafted guard Tim Quarterman from LSU to a training camp deal. But outside of a couple of training camp announcements in terms of those signings, we're probably not going to hear anything Blazers-wise. But if we do, we will have analysis and news for you right here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll have a little bit of Olympic basketball. Portland's Al Farouk is on the Nigerian national team. He'll be playing for Nigeria down in Rio. And we're definitely going to have some guests on the podcast as well. We're going to definitely try and maximize those podcasts to get guests on. It's kind of a dead time. So we'll definitely want to talk to some really smart people about the NBA, about some other teams, how, how the league is looking, and also, of course, some Blazers analysis on how we think they will do next year, how this roster is going to shake out. And you can still get all of the podcasts on your phone by subscribing to iTunes, getting them on Audioboom, download the Audioboom app. You can subscribe to the podcast on an RSS feed if you're an Android user. So once again, we're going to be doing two podcasts a week after this week. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Locked On Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, and we'll catch you next time. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.